Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I am Rob Watson and I've got an amazing episode lined up for you today with Charlotte Davies, who's an acclaimed spirit medium. Anyone who knows who's followed this episode, this podcast for quite some time, will know that I'm very much open to the mystical spiritual experiences in life from my own personal experiences that I've had over the past decade. And I'm completely open-minded now to these potential openings that we can explore in life to have bring us a little bit more not only more comfort but more wonder and more awe to life and to realize how incredible things truly really are when we tap into them that things aren't just as they seem in this 3d world um, but before i get into it i want to just say that for this podcast i am supporting positive news magazine it's a magazine for good journalism about good things when so much of the media is full of doom and gloom. Instead, Positive News is the first media organisation in the world that is dedicated to quality, independent reporting about what's going right. So you can receive, um, I've got an exclusive offer for you to receive 20% off a subscription to the magazine. All you have to do is put, use the word do good 20 at checkout or one word, and you'll receive an exclusive 20% off. This is a partnership that I've got with him. I'm not receiving any um, any money off the back of it. I'm just doing it because I love the magazine. I received it pretty much for the past seven or eight years. It helps me just to see, have more of a focus on what's going on. It's inspired me to get other people on my podcast by reading the magazine. I think it's just, um, it's a great thing. But if you want to also support me you can support me on my patreon page which was for a little there's a price of two pound a month you can support this podcast and enable me to continue to do inspiring episodes with people who are going out doing good in the world i think we can all be inspired by some of these people whether it's been entrepreneurs who are setting up ethical businesses whether it's people who are running charities if it's people who just run little organizations or just people generally who've just got a good way about them now and helping people through sharing their own experience to go out and do their own bit of good you can also support this podcast by giving me a um, a comment on my on an apple podcast you can give it a five-star review that'd be amazing and also you can share these episodes with a friend i must admit i've received some really heartwarming responses recently from people people have just been leaving me voice messages and sending me so much how some of the episodes have really helped people and that really feels good for me to know that what I'm talking about and what I'm sharing has got an opportunity to help other people and that's all I think we can do in this life is potentially pass on the things that we've already learned to other people and to tensely create a little bit of a butterfly effect and I like to feel like I'm doing that and you can be doing that as well I'm sure you are as well so anyway let's move in today's episode with Charlotte Davies who's an acclaimed spirit medium. I personally have had a session with Charlotte back I think it was in January this year and for me, the information that came through left no doubt that she is actually the real deal and has access to these these realms. These that maybe we can all tap into on some levels, but Charlotte's certainly got a real gift for it and was potentially that's her well reason for for being it. But firstly, Charlotte, I appreciate you speaking with me today on my podcast. Yes, thank you. I I am excited about it. It's just really to get it out there to to make people kind of or, or help people to understand that when people pass it's not just about them passing and it's about them you know the the they're not gone so that's what it's all about to to kind of share experiences to tell you the the sort of conversations that i've had with the other side um so to connect into that side on a daily basis is absolutely amazing and you know this is 
it is a pleasure really to to share that with everybody because I know that a lot of people ask me a lot of questions about things and hopefully this is something that will give them a bigger insight as to what what I do and what what hopefully other good mediums do um so yeah thank you amazing so could you give a brief overview of how you came to you mm-hmm. know, to be doing this as this is your you know career yeah yeah life yeah. path of course how did yeah. it how did it unfold yeah um I was very young when I knew that this is how I was I, I I've always known this all my life I've not had an acceptance of it in any way shape or form so I've been very much um kind of close to it really I knew that our loved ones were around us, although I didn't recognise who they were. And I, I knew that by the sight, so I can very much see loved ones in, in true physical form, um, as well as hearing them. So And as well as feeling them as well, if I'm honest. So I would be um, very young. I, I, I think my me, me first memory was sort of when I was about four. Um, I was extremely scared of the general things that a four-year-old is probably scared of, the dark, going upstairs on your own and whatnot. But this was to a degree which um, wasn't the average norm of being scared of, of the dark or because I knew that, that these people would be there. Now, I knew that, obviously, because I could see them and I had a sense of... Um, I know that you're there, I just don't want you to be there and, and that's how I lived for, for many, many years. Um, my dad, who uh, sadly passed away sort of 18 years ago now, was very aware at a very young age that this is how I was. Um, to each other doctors, the doctors very much dismissed it. Um, but I think that was a very big turning point for me um, when I did go to the doctors and the doctor um, kind of tried to convince me, you know, the dreams and this is, you know, this is something that is completely normal, you're just dreaming. And I knew absolutely that this was no dream. Um, I very vaguely remember being in the doctors uh, and I remember him, him sort of holding, holding my hand really, strangely, but, um, and saying, you know, this, this is a dream and this is something that will go. And, and, I don't remember very much of what I said then, but I remember being kind of ushered out very, very quickly, which was really strange. And um, later in years, later years, when I, I asked my dad about this, what was that all about? What, you know, because I used to speak to my dad very openly about this and um, what I was feeling, what I was seeing. And my dad said to me, um, when you were about four or five, we took to the doctors because it, this got to a stage where you were very much um, scared of it. You know, you, we, we couldn't leave you on your own because you were aware that there was people that were around you and we needed answers. So I went to the doctors and he said that you actually said something to the doctor about his mum and the fact that his, his mum had passed away um, only a few weeks beforehand. So he said, you, you said something to the effect of, um, your mum's here and she's only just gone. And he said, and at that point, we were rushed out, which is the only bit that I actually remember about. I remember standing in the doctors, but I, I remember being very quickly, a bit rudely really, rushed out. And um, and he said, about two or three weeks later, he said, the doctor rung and said, I am really terribly sorry. He said, I'm sorry for, for the way that I ushered you out and I didn't give you answers. He said, the point was my mum had only just passed 
and I knew that what your daughter was saying was very right. So, I, you know, it was no surprise to my dad, but, you know, later years I, I remember asking him about that and, and this is where it kind of starts really. Um, I grew up being like this. I grew up very much being afraid of it though, very much being, I don't want to speak, I don't want to hear, let me just carry on with my normal life and, and to a degree I did well at that. But when they choose a path for you, and what I say is when they is sort of the, your loved ones that are around you, when they choose a path with you or a spiritual path that, that I'm very much on now, you have no option in that path. So I make decisions now that I don't have an option in. I always ask that side, you know. So I kind of grew up being very scared of it, very, um, I know I've got it, I know that this is who I am, but I don't want you to be here, let me just be normal, you know, and, you know, in high school, it, it kind of got round because I would sit with my friend and I would say, you know, last night I had this again, da da da, and then of course, one young male in particular got wind of it and so did the whole school then, you know, so I was known as being like this at school, so I very much tried to shut that down and be normal then and not um, and not say anything about it because then I was just seen to be blending in. But I didn't blend in, did I? You know. Um, so yeah, that's kind of right, really my younger years, how 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 I, I developed with this. And, and it's not something that I chose to do, but something that I'm absolutely blessed with doing majorly now you know I accept it and I think I accepted it at a right time in my life um but again I don't think I had any input into that they will they will very much tell you when the time is right you know so yeah that's interesting to hear that those earlier years and but you didn't actually move straight into like working with this you became these trainers become a barrister at Mm -hmm. one point yeah yeah I did I I was my mind always needed to be active, so I, I originally I worked in schools and and I loved working with the children, but I always knew that that there was something more that I needed to do. So then I was trained to be a barrister, and I went to law school, and during that time I it was almost sort of I went through a period of time where in my teens this was very very active, very active indeed, and then in my twenties because I believe. Um, because of the fact that my dad passed away when I was 21, I believe that in my 20s, they kind of went right. I'm just going to take a little step back. It's too much for her now. But when she's right, we'll bring it to you. And the years went by where I still had it. You know, I would still know what was going on. I would still see things that would happen. I didn't understand why I would see things that would happen and then they would happen. I just knew that this was a gift that I had and, and you know, we'll leave it on the back burner. Um, so I very much, um, in my 20s, accepted that that's who I am, but I, I knew that they would take a step back. And I thought that would be, well, good, you know, kind of leave me alone. Um, and then in my 30s, I decided I'm, I'm a bit bored, I need to do something more, I was really interested in law, and I went to train to be a barrister. And at which point, law and this side of connected with spirit, they just don't mix, unfortunately. Now they do, I've got to say, you know, they do in America, so they do acknowledge mediums in America, but unfortunately not so much over here, because as we know, things have to be black and white. 
Um, so I kept, um, you know, I, I continued to, to do my training. And then it was sort of midway between my training that I, I then got messages very, very loud and clear. So it would be significant messages of saying, this is going to happen, and then it directly would happen. This is what you need to do. And these messages were so clear that I started to think, hmm, I'm just going to have a kind of a, a play with this, let's say, and I'm just going to challenge that side, which sounds terrible now, but I just needed to know for myself that I knew that this is how I always was. But do you know what? Let's chat. Let's let's get it out after all these years, and then you go one way and look after me in your respect. And then I'll go my way and I'll I'll carry on with the law that I do, and I'll just always be grateful that you helped me along that path. And that wasn't how it was really. Um. So it was I I carried on with the law, and then I decided that, that I had this overwhelming feeling that I needed to connect on that side because I was getting very much pulled down by it the, the energy was getting pulled down by it so I started to kind of research things that I was getting through and you know what does this mean or what does that mean and then I then moved it on and thought do you know what they're connecting me with me directly I'm just going to do it direct with them so I'm going to start to ask questions which is what I started to do I started to say why is that where is that how is that and then I was getting direct answers back so I would challenge them in in really ridiculous things like right okay if you're here and you know that you're here make that space be available third on the right the parking space and that's exactly what what would happen I would go to park up and third on the right somebody would have the reverse lights on and I would laugh and go there's just no way no way you know and then there was other little bits that I remember one particular night it really stands out. I, obviously, I was still doing my training to be a barrister and I was going to hairdressers and it was a dark night and I always park in this particular spot or this particular road near the hairdressers and it is quite desolate, really. Um, it's near a graveyard, ironically, and there was no spots available. And I drove around three times and I, I the, the message that I got is it's not right for you to park there tonight. So I said, right, okay, I've just heard what you've just said. So I said, so I'm going to park on double yellow lines right outside the hairdressers. And nothing, nothing came back. So I thought, I'll just do it one more time. I'll just go round one more time. So I went round one more time. And as I um, went to park up, no parking spaces again. So I parked on double yellow lines and I said, please assure me that I won't get a ticket on double yellow lines. Nothing. So the hairdresser was saying, oh gosh, you're going to get a ticket out there. And I was saying, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Little did they know what messages I was getting. That night, at exactly the same time, so perhaps on WLS, else, I didn't get the ticket. That night, at exactly that time, someone walking along that road at around about seven o'clock where I would have been going to my car was taken into the graveyard and sexually assaulted. And so that person could have potentially been me, wow. you know. Mm. So that's um, that was really kind of, and I obviously only found out this later. And I then put two and two together and thought, that's why you told me not to part there. 
that was why there was never a parking space there because that time would have been the exact time and potentially that could have been me and unfortunately it was somebody else you know so so yeah so that was sort of um a, a big change with me um and so I thought right okay okay I know that you're here you've validated it enough and I'll just see where I go with this and then I started speaking to people and then people were like well will you read for me and yeah, yeah fine I'll, I'll there's no problem and a lady in particular got wind of this and she rung me and she said um, well actually I bumped into her and she said um will you read for me and I said yeah yeah it's fine no problem and, I, and I'd, I'd known her son from years ago so I hadn't seen this lady but she got wind that this is what I was doing and um, she rung me up and she said, Shell, there's four of us. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's four of you. Oh gosh, what am I going to do? And I went that night and it was the most amazing readings. Very unusual situation where, unfortunately, her um, husband had passed up in Scotland. And he, he had a brain hemorrhage um, through a fall. And really, ironically, on the way home, the hearse broke down, bringing him home bringing his body home so you know it was unusual so one for his her husband to be away because that's not what he ever did to the fact that he had the aneurysm up there and brain hemorrhage up there and then three the fact that he actually um broke down on the way home so it, it was very significant information that was being brought forward so after those readings i kind of got in the car and thought oh my gosh that is absolutely amazing so this kind of took over really, this, this thought process, this, this is really amazing. Why don't I kind of investigate it? Why do I keep going with this? And that's what I kind of did, that, that I just kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, of course, I'll read for it, it's fine. Um, until that became really important to me. And law became so not important to me, you know. Um, being in a situation where you, you were trying to be uh, a solicitor or you know it was very different way of life really um and then I made the decision months and months down the line of this that I need answers I need answers as to do I continue with law and do what I do or do I leave it and follow where my path is supposed to be and I fought with that for quite a few months and of course I asked back because I, I knew I knew how to connect I knew how to speak openly with them I knew that I was going to get answers so I asked and I asked and this particular day I got really fed up with not getting too many answers and I said right today is the day today is the deciding day you have to tell me which I do whichever one I do I will walk away from now I knew what the answer was going to be and that particular day I within half an hour of me having this stern conversation with that side I got a message um Charlotte are you available today I'd like a reading so I said yeah, yeah there's no problem I'll, I'll see you and at the time I was I was at this base and I came downstairs and I went oh my gosh Simon what are you doing here and he was actually my public law lecturer and I said, do you know that it was me? And he went, Charlotte, of course I knew it was you. And I went, all right, okay, okay, come upstairs. So I did the reading and after the reading, he stopped and he looked at me and he said, Charlotte, I've got something to tell you. Because his, his family were very spiritual, which is what I got out of the reading. 
And he said, I've got something to tell you. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, I know what you're going to say. And I was so nervous for the answer because I knew what it was going to be. But that was everything. I promised that side that I would stick to what was given. And he said, you will become the best barrister in your game. He said, I've no doubt about that. He said, but that won't make you as happy as this makes you. And I said, and on that note, I walk away from law. And he went, no, 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 I don't. And I said, no, you don't realise what answer you've just given me there. I said, that's it. I'm handing everything in and that's it. I walk away from law. And as of Monday, this is who I am. And that's what I did. I made the decision literally based upon what they gave me and based upon, I knew this was my path, you know, and even though I fought it for many years, I was meant to do that to get life experience. I was meant to do that to to feel hurt, really, to feel, um, go through many roller coasters in my life, of which I have, to understand that when I'm reading for people, that's what they're going through. So I had to do the, and actually I needed a knowledge of law, which is really good because this comes in really handy for when they're bringing information from that side about whether it be a murder case or a missing body case or um, a general crime prosecution case, whatever it happens to be, the terminology that they use, I understand it. So that helps, you know. It's all connected. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And so when was that? At what point? How, how many years have you been practising what you've been doing? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was 2015, um, which is officially when I when I had that conversation. And I said, that's it. You know, 2015. And I, I'm done now. You know, I'm, I'm walking away from the law and this is who I am. And I very much was just grateful for anybody sort of sharing the messages that I've given. Um, it, it, it boomed very quickly because people then got to see someone that is, is obviously, you know, I'm, I'm genuine what I do with what I do. And I I do believe 100% that I was meant to, my dad was supposed to pass uh, at a very young age so that I understood what grief does to someone. I understood what, how much that pains. You know, I've had to go through lots of different life experiences to get to where I am now. And it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been the same kind of rewinding this back years. You know, so I, you know, I always knew, so I, I'm not surprised and I'll laugh now because I know that my dad is very much with me on, on a regular basis. Sometimes when I'm, I'm busy with something else and I think, oh gosh, dad, just, just wait a minute. Um, you know, so I have the luxury of that, but I know that I was supposed to go through the, the many obstacles that I've been through so that when I'm reading for somebody, I know their pain. I know that her, I know that life isn't about everything being a, a bunch of roses, but I also know that once you acknowledge that side and once you give credit really to that side, they will always look after you as best they possibly can. You know, they will always be um, sort of by side really. And and it's it's hard for somebody to understand that when there are situations that they're going through that actually I can see beyond that and and that, you know, sometimes spirit can't change what is going to happen, but they can help the way that you absorb that information. They can help the way that you deal with that. Yeah. yeah. So when you say they, uh-huh. for someone who might be listening to this, wondering who, who are they? Right. And also, 
how does the messaging come to you? Mm-hmm. You mentioned about saying you see things mm-hmm. spirit. You know, I'm interested to know how yeah, that, yeah. who they are, yeah, and and how that message has come through. Yeah. So the they are would be your loved ones, right now. Somebody might be listening and think, well, I haven't got anybody that I particularly know that's passed. Everyone has got someone beside them that look after them. It's just about acknowledging that, you know. I do believe that I work massively on sort of the angelic side. Um, And I, you know, I I didn't necessarily be, I I weren't brought up on religion. I didn't, you know, we were C of E, but we only very rarely went to church. Um, I have just kind of... um, evolved in my spiritual journey really purely based on they and they being your loved ones that have passed and and those that look after you on that side so I do believe that everybody has sort of their guardian angel without a doubt so when I refer to they that's who I would be referring to and particularly someone that they know that has passed and if they've not there is always someone there that knows you so in for instance um, a few weeks ago, I uh, was doing a reading for a, a gentleman who's 53 years of age and his mum passed through childbirth. So he's never met his mum, you know, and she went through every year, every milestone of his life up until his age now, you know, and obviously he was absolutely amazed by that because... And afterwards, you know, I quite smugly said, well, you clearly have had your mum there waiting for you, you know, and, and, and watching over you. And so the, the they, going back to that question, is is that they are your loved ones. And there is always someone for everyone. There is always that someone, that special someone that will look after you in, in any way, shape or form. It's just acknowledging that. It's just saying, look, I know that there are people on that side that look after me. And I just want to give kind of credit to that and thank that, you know. And although it's not, you know, life isn't, everything's fine and dandy, things happen. But they, as in your loved ones or, or sort of the angelic side, will always help you through something. Um, sort of on the other uh, question, how, how do spirit come forward? Um, your spirit, everybody's different. You know, so everybody would see if if they are connecting to this side, they would see things quite differently. The way that I see things is through visual pictures, or through uh, directly your loved ones, which is the first protocontact, which is what I say in a reading. I always very much introduce it with, please step forward, give me um, conditions of passing, so that I know how they pass. Now, when I say give me conditions of passing, that might be that my stomach starts to hurt or my knee starts to hurt. And then I'll then question and say, what is it with your knee? What is it with your stomach? And then they will then elaborate on that. So they'll say, I I had stomach cancer. And then I'll say, okay, I'm acknowledging that you had stomach cancer. Um, How how then did that evolve? Well, they tried to remove it. It was was unsuccessful and I passed very quickly afterwards. Um, The knee might be, my my knee might hurt, um, which is then bringing the hurt upon my body and um i will then acknowledge that there's a problem with my knee so i'll say to the the person i root for would you understand a problem with the knee that person will say yes or no and that's simply it um and then i'll say right i last back and then they'll say i had a tumor in my knee 
or I had a blood clot in my knee that then went to my brain. So, so the importance of a reading for me to start with is very much to identify how that person passed. Because although I can see them in the visual form, I can see them as, as we're speaking now, um, that doesn't really tell me very much about that person. I could dra- describe that person, but it doesn't tell me enough to give to that person. So then for me to then say, you know, there's a gentleman stepping forward. He's saying he passed very quickly. Um, he's saying that, that, that there was a collision. Um, and then that person will say yes, and then they'll continue. You know, the, the, your loved ones will then continue. So I see them in sort of picture form. Um, they, they might show me a picture. And that picture that they show me might have been the last picture that was taken of that person with a particular someone else or they might show me a picture of um, a garden and I would say well don't stand this garden but it had a really odd thing in the corner of it you know so it's for me it's the direct route so the direct route is that we're speaking together now and that's exactly what I do on that side that can be very funny actually because there's you know you get uh, People do, and people never change on that side. So the personality never changes. They're always exactly the same as they are when they're here. So if you've got someone that's quite a character, then that's going to come through straight away. Um, I remember one person in particular, and I, we it was really strange reading because it was a reading that we laughed the whole way through. We there was three um, sisters that I was reading for at the same time. Dad came forward, and he was an absolute character. And so I said, I'm really sorry for laughing at this, but we were just laughing the whole time. One of the stories that he said, he said, tell them about my leg, tell them about my leg. And I said, oh, do you want to have anything to do with this leg? But I knew that there wasn't pain with his leg or anything. He said, um, I, was on, I was on the plane once and then the daughters went, oh no, not this story again. So I laughed and I said, do you get what he's going to say? And I said, let him, let him just say it. Anyway, he said, I was on the plane. He said, I was so uncomfortable. I couldn't get comfortable. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm complaining to everybody about this. He says, and then I see something underneath my chair. It, it was the fella's um, foot behind me. And he said, it's annoying me, this foot. He said, so I'm tugging, I'm tugging. And then all of a sudden I had a leg in my hand. So it was this guy behind that had a prosthetic leg that he pulled the leg off. So this was a story that he told everybody and I recited this story back and I was laughing and I said oh gosh and the daughters were going I can't believe he's told you that how embarrassing but that was him you know it it was him and and this is what comes across in reading so so very unique to that person um with certain people it very much flows like that you know I'll, I'll I'll know every all of the characters some people might be very quiet as well which is is how they would have been here. But in general, you know, we have the normal conversations. Sometimes it comes across as um, kind of one-word answers. So they might say leg or they might say um, head, head impact. Um, And then they will show me the actual collision or they'll show me that they hit the head at the bottom of the stairs. Um, But in general, it's quite straightforward. You know, it's, it's very natural to me. So it's very normal for me to to speak to that side just on a daily basis really um so but for anybody reading it's kind of uh, anybody receiving the reading I, I get a lot of very kind of this is really unreal particularly for people who have maybe come in with um not necessarily a skeptical mind but but being quite cautious about this and i'm open to that i always say to people that's fine you know so yeah 
so when you say see them mm-hmm. and you see these images, are mm-hmm. you seeing these like in the mind's eye or are you literally like the way you see me now, mm-hmm. you could, there might be someone sat next to me. Mm-hmm. I think I'm trying to yeah, yeah. get a bit of a, yeah. an understanding. Yeah. Right, so it's as we are speaking now. Now you'll notice when I do speak and when I speak about anything to do with this, I have to look away because my body naturally, and this is already somebody trying to get the words through, um, my body naturally rises up to the, their energy level and I I don't choose to do that, it's just the way that I am. So when I'm speaking to your loved ones, I have to look away because I have to look at them. And what happens is I, I naturally, my body um, sort of rises up, if you like, to um, a sort of a high level in order to communicate with them. And, and that's how it comes across. So it's very much in physical form as you are now, but I am with them, not with you. So when, when clients say to me, oh, I'm really struggling with childcare today and, I, and I've got a young baby and I say, that's absolutely fine, bring your baby along. As long as you're okay with that and you're not distracted, I won't be distracted. So anything can, can be going on at my feet and it's fine. You know, and that's because I'm up there with them, not down here with you. And I, I you know, sometimes I choose to do that because this is, you know, people come to see me on a, a daily basis um, and I'm constantly on that side, but sometimes that just naturally happens as well. So I don't, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not by all means any disrespect to anybody that that likes to meditate. I would love to have time to do that. But this house is a very, very busy house with two children and and a a barrage of animals. So my life is crazy and and people say, oh gosh, do you not sit down and meditate before you do any readings? And I go, no, because I, it's natural to me. It's like talking to you naturally. So I wouldn't need to have a time where I have a minute with them. And, and some people, you know, I, I do, I, my meditation is sort of two, two minutes in the reading where I'm saying, please, come on, let's step forward, let's have a chat. And that's how I put it across to people. That's all it is. It's, it's just a chat to your loved ones. And I am so blessed to be able to give that information. And don't get me wrong, you know, I'll, I'll have some readings that I'll think, oh my gosh, this is absolutely crazy for me to say this but I'll say it and then when I say it they'll go yeah yeah you know and it's, it's just amazing the, every reading amazes me with the different information you know there was one the other day where um uh, his dad um had passed but two years ago mum had passed when he was 14 and um, she showed me a brooch. So this is the way that they come across. So she was speaking to me, but she showed me the brooch. And she said, there's been a huge family rift over the brooch. And I wanted him to have it. It wasn't in his hands to start with, but now he's got the brooch and he needs to keep hold of it. And she showed me the colouring of the brooch. And I said, would you understand that? And the, the guy said, absolutely. And then afterwards, when we were chatting about it, obviously after the reading, he said that brooch broke the family. We never spoke after that. You know, and he said, and I did eventually get the brooch back and I have got it, but I don't know where I put it, so I better find it now, you know. Um, but he said that was a significant part of our lives where it broke the family. I lost my mum quite young and a lot of her family weren't in my life after that. You know, so she was expressing her sort of anger with that, 
and, and saying, you know, the, the, the family separated after that and the approach was really significant. And, you know, so it, it's, it, it's amazing. It's amazing the, the information that comes forward is not your normal sort of um, everyday things either, you know. So, what I um, really enjoyed about when I had the reading with you is that mm. you brought through, I'll mention, you know, you bring through uh, something very important to me, which was my granddad, and mm. it was this is going back about 20, no, 18, 17, 18 years since he passed away. And I've always mm. felt like, even before I even had more of a spiritual mm-hmm. outlook on life. I always felt like my granddad was with me there, mm-hmm. guiding me on key decisions in my life. Mm-hmm. But it was great. The information that you brought through about how specific it was, about how he passed away, mm-hmm. didn't get a chance to say goodbye to people. You told mm-hmm. exactly what was wrong with him. So straight away, that was amazing validation. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really was extremely useful for me was then how almost the second half of the reading mm-hmm. or even a bit more so is that was actually then guiding me for on some decisions that I wanted to make mm-hmm. on paths for me over the next months few years mm-hmm. and I think that side of it is I'm kind of more for me personally more interested in in that getting mm-hmm. that information but it's great to have that validation yeah. and I'm sure some people might come in and go well okay they want information to connect to a spirit because they have lost someone uh-huh. But then it's also amazing then to get that guidance of where you can go in yeah, your life. Yeah, yeah. And that is, uh, it's, it's just so important. And it's important for many, many reasons. There's there's one case in particular. Um, one, a lady came to see me, um, I think it's going on three years ago now. And she, she too came for answers really, because a lot of people do come for answers. And... When I'm talking answers, they may have decisions or they may be in a situation where they feel like they can't get out of that that situation. And spirit will always guide you for the best possible way. It may not be the option that you want to take. It may be quite the opposite of what your mindset is. But they'll always validate that as to why they're giving you that. So, for instance, there was a lady that came to me going on three years ago now. And I'd never seen this lady before. Um, and she sat down and I said, I am really, really sorry. And, and I, I said to her, you have, and you know you have bowel cancer. And she put her head in hands and I said, you do know that? And she said, yes, I do. I do. I said, the thing is, the, the, um, the, the health services will not acknowledge this at the minute. They keep diagnosing this as IBS and they will not acknowledge that you need more care and she said that's that's very right anyway um I carried on with the reading and I said you do have bowel cancer you are going to be called in um after being dismissed and you are going to be told that you have um three months to live and it's going to come up quite soon this this is after your dismissal of them saying no 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 there's nothing to be seen there's no bowel cancer but they're going to tell you that you've got three months to live upon that three months to live they're going to also tell you that um they can try something but you know it's not going to give you very much time or you know it's just not going to give you too much um, but they're advising you to at least try, even though you've got such a short amount of time, just because of her age and how young she was. Well, she is. 
And, um, and anyway, I said, when you get that information, you question the percentage of your survival and how long you would last taking that treatment that they are offering you, which is quite a rare case. And I said, and you walk away from it. You do not take any, any um, treatment. You walk away from it because you are going to just absolutely astonish the doctors and you will kind of um go past every bit of medical um sort of um what's the word kind of how can I put it sort of smash every medical record going really um you will not you will not um be a case that passes after three months you've got a lot of time ahead of yourself but you must decline what they're offering so I said, and I know that they've not given you this, but they will, they will. Anyway, she went to see um, a consultant not long after that and she played the recording. And there was two or three other, con- two, two other consultants that dismissed her. And very much said, we've told you, it's IBS, this is what we're going to treat you for. And we're quite rude to her by all accounts. So she left and within a very short space of time, she got a call back and said, we need to see you urgently. She went back. And they said, I'm really sorry to tell you, you have bowel cancer and you've got three months to live. And she said, basically her response was, you laughed at me when I played you that recording. And this is exactly what's happening now. And they said, yes, but there's an option. And she said, what's the chances of survival with this option? What, what have I got more time? And um, they wouldn't give their answers to this. A nurse then later on gave their answers and said, I've looked into it, it's about 7% chance. So she said, I'll take my chances and I'll go. And she's still here to this day on. Now, I actually read for her two years ago, it was at Christmas time. And I said to her, I can see, so this is why, you know, I had they come forward as well. I can see... Um, kitchen cupboards but they are completely covered in uh, in boxes there's lots of boxes in the kitchen cupboards and this is something that has been put in your stomach it's linked to something that has been put in your stomach this week yesterday it's very very recent and she said yeah there is and she said and I've just had um, sort of a driver or something put in the stomach for pain relief and what I was getting on this side was and she didn't need this pain relief she openly admitted I, I, I've got no you know I'm I'm I don't have any pain, although I, I'm, I'm riddled with cancer. I don't have any pain, which was really, really odd. Um, I said, you've got to say it that I, you have to ring your, your um, district nurse, get the district nurse out, get that out of your stomach and get everything out of those cupboards and do not touch it again. And she did that and she's still here. And when she looked into it, what it was, was obviously very, very strong painkiller that eventually would have sent her on away, but quite quickly, you know, she's still in out, she's still doing the normal things to a degree, you know, she still goes shopping, she still gets out when she can, but she does have a quality of life with her family that the doctor's dismissed, you know, so when there's medical evidence um, that says one thing, and then the spiritual evidence that says another, it's it's just so wonderful to hear stories like that and and to be able to be the one that's given her that because that's absolute proof for her that she's been looked after you know and and obviously things like that when things happen you know 
they will give you something so they as in spirit side will will give you advice will give you guidance and then you know some people might think mm, i can't see that happening and then within three weeks the phone is, is being messaged and saying oh my gosh Charlotte, i can't believe that you said that and i've gone well i don't really remember saying that but yeah that's right you know that that'll be they'll give it yeah they'll give it you for a reason it'll be there for a reason and sometimes the longevity of time changes so the time might change slightly but it won't be too far off the mark of what they give you because they're there to guide you you know i i don't make decisions until i am very sure on that side and have, have had messages from that side very clear that this is what i should do you know and i'm very stubborn in that way i don't listen to anybody because i always say i have got the highest of high telling me what to do so that's quite frustrating for people that know me and say oh charlotte and i go no no it's fine i'll i'll sort it you know when you're hearing that like it's a phenomenal story and i remember you telling me that when we um, we did the first one and i was just like wow and that in a way takes people who can listen to this and you know the you know, it's true, like, you know, she got given three months, she's still mm-hmm. here, yeah. ten, she's still here three years, ten times longer than yeah. expected. It can give the people who would be maybe sceptical about this information, mm-hmm. um, it can turn them into believers. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and I wonder how how you find, did you, do you come up against many sceptics in this? Do you, what I'm interested in, yeah. obviously, you know, Joe blogs on the street, but what about mm-hmm. you know friends and family? Do yeah. how are they on side now? Or yeah. they, you know, be interested to hear that. Um, sort of friends and family, they've always known really who I am, so it wasn't too big a surprise really to know that this is who I am and, and my last past, particularly for sort of close family. They would go, yeah, I remember Charlotte being like that when she was younger, and it's funny because my very close friends will say. I remember when you used to say such a thing and I, I, I said to them, really? Did I used to mention that? Um, and they go, yeah, that, you used to say a lot. Um, and so it, it's funny because I have very a very normal life, you know, I, very, I do the normal things. But And then only a friend the other day actually said to me, Charlotte, I forget what you do when we're, we're out and we're having dinner or I just forget that that's who you are, you know. And and I'll sit there, you know, and I'll be having my order and I'll be saying to my hairdresser, oh, such a thing, you know, this is, uh, just watch out for this. Or um, like, for instance, one of my friends was around the other day and I said, uh, has Ant got a new job? Has he been offered a promotion? And she went, no, I went, oh, yes, yes, it's coming up, but it's going to be better for you for childcare, but you'll struggle one day. Um, she's only just got back to me and said, yeah, it's been offered the promotion, it's going to be a nightmare on a Wednesday. So, you know, it's uh, and that's just sort of a flippant comment that yeah. that just shows me that they're there. Uh, another way, sort of going back to the question of how do they come across, is if a message is supposed to get to somebody, um, and I'll sort of touch upon the, the sceptic side in a minute, but I had a case where only a few weeks ago actually there was two ladies that came together and I looked at one of the ladies and I said I I know you where where do I know you from I I know I know you and she's going no 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 and I said I've already been family before and she was like no 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 and I said I I really do feel like I know you anyway I thought well they'll tell me if I know you or not so they were sat there and I read for, they were having a joint reading, they both hearing each other's, which I like, because it's nice for, for to get more information, more validation. 
And I was reading for this one particular lady, hers had finished, and then I started on the other lady that I said, I know you. And I said, listen, I know that you, you're wanting to speak, ironically, to your granddad, but I can't speak to him. There is a young female here, around about 50s, early 50s, that is saying she's only just gone. She's only just gone. And this lady put her head down. And I said, do you understand who this lady is? And she said, yeah, I do. And I said, there's an M connection. And she said, yeah. And I said, who's Michelle? She said, that's Michelle. So I said, right, okay. I said, do you mind if I speak to her? Because she's adamant I've got to speak to you. She's I've just got to do this. And she said, yeah. And as I'm talking to her, she's saying that the boys are still there. And, and she was saying her husband is still there. They've not left yet. So I then said, what, 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 what do you mean they've not left yet? She said, they've not left the hospital. So I said, do you know whether they've not left the hospital? And she said, I, I really don't know. I said, but apparently the boys and her husband have not left the hospital. I said, who's the other end? Because she's still talking about the other end. And she said, one of her sons. So I said, right, okay. So we're on the right lines. So then she said, I've, I've only just gone, but I was before and tell them I have multiple blood clots and not to let it go. So I said, okay, okay. I said, do you understand this? Yeah. And then the lady turned to me directly, faced me and said, you know my husband. So I was then a bit thrown, because that's how I can throw you all the time, but I've never had a case like this where somebody has directly said, you know my husband. And I, and I said, oh, I don't. So I then said to this lady, I know this is a really random question, but do you know that I know her husband? And she went, well, I don't know, which obviously she wouldn't. I was just a bit flustered because it was it was like a, it was a reading for me really as well. And I went, um, I, don't, I don't, and she went, you know my husband. So I said, well, what's the connection to your husband? Who's your husband? And she said, tell her, Ian. So I said to this lady, do you know who Ian is? And she said, yeah, that's her husband. Right, I said, right, okay. I said, but she's, I said, have you got a picture of a husband? Because she's adamant that I know a husband, right? I said, but she's wanting me to get the message back. And I wouldn't normally do this, but she's adamant that I know a husband. Anyway, um, she said, yeah, yeah, I'll get a picture up of him. So she got a picture up and I went, no, I, I don't know. And then she said, you do know my husband and you, you speak to him on a regular basis. So I went, have you got another picture? And then when I zoomed in on the picture, I went, oh my gosh, I do, I do, I do know Ian. I, I didn't know his wife, who this is clearly his wife, but I do know Ian. And he comes to my development classes. Oh, so that was a, you know, that was the first point that I knew that uh, 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 his, his wife had passed away. So I was absolutely flabbergasted. I could not believe it, you know. Um, oh, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I said, I will. I'll contact him. I will I will let him know that you've come forward. And that was amazing for me because I got first-hand experience of what other people get. You know, it, it threw me off and, and, and it drives me absolutely insane when people go, no, no, but I was that no. I was going, no, I don't, you know, I, I don't. And and I was, I was in receipt of my own message and I didn't get it to start with, but she made sure. And then, of course, when I finished that reading and, and she said her mum was best friends with Michelle who passed. Um, the bit of sort of 
stand your ground, don't let me go, um, make sure that you get the justice in this, is the fact that she had multiple blood clots and then the coroner rung the family to say that they are going to put uh, natural causes on a death certificate. Um, uh, and so that case kind of continues really. Um, but that was her message that she was saying, I know that they're still there at the hospital, they've still not left the hospital. Um, it, she passed this morning and uh, I know that he's still there. So of course, when I'd finished that reading, I messaged her husband and said, Ian, I am so deeply sorry. I have just had Michelle through. And his answer to that was, nobody really knows yet. You know, so it was her way of making her way back to her family straight away in the, in the easiest way she knew how, you know. And so to sceptic people, people who are sceptical, I, I invite that really, to be honest. I, I, um, I find it a challenge because I kind of um, not... You get some people who are disrespectful, sceptical, and you'll get some people that are like, right, okay, show me. And I love that because it's absolutely, it's amazing. You know, you, I, I get a lot of men that are more sceptical and I love that because I know that they come in um, sort of very, well, well, let's see where this goes, you know, or they might have just, the, the wife might have dragged them along, which is very often the case. And they're kind of like, this is really strange. And I can see kind of the cogs going around the head thinking, how, how do you know that? What, 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 you know, they just can't justify it. One case that I had, um, funnily enough, um, was last night actually and I'm reading for this lady and I said to her right I'm really sorry there's a van outside this van is linked to your partner and his dad is here so I have to speak to his dad so his dad took over the whole reading the whole reading and that's you know it was saying that he just got this business it was in the middle of, of two um sort of he wanted to leave his nine to five job and he wanted to go on to this other business but he hasn't got the means to be able to do it yet and although he's got a little bit of business going on it's not enough to keep him going and his dad took over the whole reading because he was saying he's out in the van and he doesn't believe you know so i said to um his dad he was speaking to the partner Give me something that only he would know, right? Only he would know so that when she goes back, she knows, she doesn't know anything about it. And he showed me racing pigeons. He showed me letting racing pigeons go. And he said, only he would know where the racing pigeons linked to. Last night, she messaged me and said, it wasn't his granddad on dad's side. It was his great granddad who used to keep homing racing pigeons. Um, and they didn't know, you know, he knew that, but it was a very distant memory. Amazing. So when people come in who are sceptical, I, I invite that really because it, it it's even more astonishing when actually they go out crying because that's absolute validation that you may not understand it. I don't actually understand it that much myself, if I'm honest, I don't know how. I always this, you know, I just know that it is there and that the fact is that they can give you information that is absolutely unbelievable that you may not understand today, but in time it'll click, you know. Gives you that trust, doesn't it, for people to 
move forward in those directions yeah, to take some chances and risks. Yeah. The thing for me is I remember, even though I've been open-minded to this, I've had um, past life regressions, I'm very much into like sort of Reiki and um, energy work, um, but even I got given your details from a lady who lives close to me, she runs a shop and mm. we just got speaking about it. But even when I was coming in to have the session with you, I, I purposely just gave you as little information mm-hmm. about me. You knew my first name, mm-hmm my phone number Mm -hmm. so I just thought well this will be good and then within a few minutes I was just because you know there will be um, charlatans about that will be you know ripping people off Mm -hmm. and also it does a disservice to um, the genuineness of it the genuine people that Uh like yourself that are doing it Um, but I was you know blown away with information Um, um, and one thing that I just thought to think about is because in some ways you have such like trust in the information because for instance the lady who had had cancer mm-hmm. and the bowel cancer obviously you the one to let them know that they would mm-hmm. find it yeah. but you must have such conviction in the message to have mm-hmm. that trust to say don't have the treatment because yes you know absolutely it's if, huge if that goes yeah if that goes the other way yeah that's a great responsibility yeah there's another case actually which which springs to mind with that and it is always a massive responsibility but I 100% know that they will be there for you. There was a case um, quite a few years ago, actually, where um, a lady came to me. and It's a brilliant, brilliant outcome. It's so amazing. Um, she came to me, and before she came, I remember saying, my head is absolutely pounding. It's not the normal. I don't get headaches, but this was horrendous with my head. And she sat down and I said, I've got, I've got your mum here. And I remember a mum passing with a stroke. I said, your mum's had a stroke. And, and May, I said, do you understand May? And she said, yeah, May was her name. Because I was thinking, did she mean May the month? Oh, gosh. And then she said, this, this um, lady that saw me was exactly the same age as me, actually, ironically. And she said, um, she's just been found out that she's got tumours, uh, she's got brain tumours, but they're very, very rare. So I said, okay. Then I said, well, do you understand? Only just finding out. I said, because... Your mum was clearly with you. She knows about the brain tumours. And she said, only yesterday. I got the news yesterday. She said, I weren't going to come today because I couldn't cope with it. I said, well, I'm glad you have. So I carried on speaking to her mum. And her mum said, there's an away connection. Away, away. Tell her away. So I said, well, do you understand there being an away connection? She was going, no, no, no. And I said, well, do you understand a Florida connection? No. So I said, just, just hold on to it. Anyway, I said, I can see you in a hospital that is very warm, that looks like to be Florida, because I'm over there a lot, so I do know, you know, I said it looks like a Florida hospital, um, but you'll be kept there longer than you expect. But this is going to be a massive case, a huge, huge case. You will come through it. Your chances of survival are very low, but you will come through it. She showed me with two boys, and ironically, she had two boys which were quite similar ages. So I really felt connected to this case because I was thinking this lady is exactly the same age as me. She's got two boys very similar age to me. Um, she's just been told that she could potentially pass with this, and the likelihood of it is that she will. Um, I could see money, a lot of money. So I, I I couldn't decipher that, and I was saying, "What does the money mean? You 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 can show you're showing me money. You you mention money. What is the money?" And she's saying they have to get the funding. They have to get the funding. 
So I said, I, I, I know this means nothing to you whatsoever. I know you don't understand it now, but you will do. I said, and you are going to be celebrating, but it's going to take a little bit longer. Anyway, she then, she went back to the consultant, she went through a period of time, and they said, there is um, a treatment, um, it begins with a P, um, there's a treatment over in Florida, and it's only them that provides this treatment for the type of brain tumour that you have and that it costs a lot of money and we're going to see whether we can apply for funding via the NHS because it costs like 200000 for this operation. If you have that treatment, proton, that's it, proton treatment, if you have that, you will survive. And it, we're going to try and push for that. Very quickly later, she got the funding for it, that's where I could see the money. She got over to Florida, she had the operation, and after the operation, she was doing very well, then she got infection. And she was due to come home, and she had to stay in. So that was the delay in her being right, but she got there in the end. She's now out, obviously, completely tumour-free, has had um, three or four scan well probably a lot more than three or four scans but the ones that she lets me know of that are all run consecutively free and that's it you know she's she's absolutely fine now that is a, a lovely thing for a mum to be able to see what's coming ahead and and I always question that I always kind of go how, how, how is it that you know how is it that you are showing me things that how do you know? And the honest answer to that is, I have not got a clue. I haven't got a clue how they know. I just know and trust that that's how it is. Now, sometimes, they'll never give you negatives, so they'll never kind of say, oh, this is really terrible, you know. But what they will say is that this is the best way to deal with this. You know, this is the best possible outcome for this situation. So sometimes it's that... Um, you know, somebody is going through a period of time where they've got a, a loved one here that is very, very ill. And they will know that obviously they're very, very ill, but they'll say things like, um, her mum has dementia and with regards to this dementia, they have no future plans. They don't know what they're going to do. And unfortunately, in the next three months, she's going to take a decline. So they need to have the process in place for... Where is mum going to live for this after this decline? Can they continue to look after her? Will she need to be popped into a home or, or what kind of care? So they'll guide you and then it'll give you a sort of thought process of thinking, do you know what, I haven't sorted that. I, I We don't have that in place. And then of course the decline very quickly happens. So instead of it being very a rushed thing and then in hindsight when that person sadly passes and looking back and saying, I wish we knew about that, then we could sort that, then we could plan that. That's what they will do. They will see you for head, see ahead and, and kind of think, kind of say to you, you know, this is about to happen. This is where she's at now. Because they'll always validate where you're at now. And then this is the best way to deal with this. This is where we can help you really. Amazing. Mm. Talking about passing over, what do you believe happens then at yeah. that moment? Because it comes to us all. Uh-huh regardless of us being able to be given information to mm-hmm. to make transformations in our life, take different paths, healing paths, 
as our own growth and spiritual growth. What, what do you think happens then at, at the moment? Of death? I, my belief is that you stay here. So your body, your physical shell goes, you know, um, whether it be through cremation or burial, and your soul, your spirit, very much stays here. And I, my belief is that, and when I say stays here, they very much stay in their own lives. So they very much will go and visit somebody that they already know. They'll go and stay with that person who's still very much grieving. They will be in your life and as close to you as they used to be. You know, and they will help you. And, and when I was there, it's them guiding you. It's them, them showing you where you're going in life. And that's how they can show you, or show me in particular, where your life is at, what you've been doing, what you've been saying, which is so random. You know, that it might be that um, the nan slipped over the step yesterday and, and instead of it being a terrible thing, they were all laughing around the step. You know, it's things that they will look over and then people will go away and go, I know there was only us there. That person could not have possibly have seen that, you know, but it's evidence and proof that they're still there. So I do believe that, that sort of your soul, your spirit stays around your loved ones and then when their immediates have gone, that's time for them to be at rest then, you know. And that's not to say that a soul isn't at rest. It means that they stay with their loved ones throughout that time, you know. So, for instance, I know that, you know, my mum will never, ever move on in life, ever. She was only 51 when my dad passed away and my dad was 53. And I know that when the time comes, God forbid, for my mum to pass, my dad will be the one that's waiting for her. And I see that time and time again. You know, I see that often, particularly when someone's had a quite a prolonged illness, their loved ones wait for them a few days before. So anyone with sort of dementia, a, a, a head condition, but they're still able to talk, will normally say, such a body's here, such a body's here, and mention who's in the room with them because that's their loved ones coming back for them. You know, so I do believe although the physical body goes, the soul, the spirit is very much still amongst us. And that's how, and my belief on that is because they give me things that they can see. They give me things that are going on in those people's lives that are not your average things, you know. And what about reincarnation again, about coming back and choosing another body in another lifetime? Yeah, I, I have to believe in that, to be honest. For the simple fact that um, my son, my youngest, is very spiritual. And I had my youngest son against every odd that you can possibly imagine. Every odd. Um, it is a very long story. However, he arrived just under... It was just never supposed to happen. And when he was born, um, he, he was born on a very significant date. He was born exactly to the year that I lost a baby the year before. At 20 past 12 at midnight on the 5th of May. And I lost a baby uh, on, on the 5th of May 2011. He was born the 5th of May 2012 with the coil in mind I had. So he was every, against every odd. That, my youngest son is very much like my dad. Really, strangely like my dad. His mannerisms, his hands, his, the way that he looks, even so much so my sister said, I can't look at him. Because I, I don't see my sister very often, but when I do, she says, I can't look at him. Because it's just like looking at my dad. 
you know so I have to believe in that because I almost feel like I'm receiving that now you know he is the most spiritual one as well so he's the one that will openly speak about things and not even realize what he's saying so I was for a walk with him a few weeks ago and he said mom he said you know that waterfall though he said that's really spiritual and I said what do you make he say that he said just makes me feel really spiritual right now water is a very easy way for spirit to connect so they'll switch your tap on they'll turn your bathroom tap on or they'll make something drip to make get, get your attention and so what he was saying was completely innocent to him but meant a lot to me you know he very often just blurts things out um uh, things that he said that my dad says and memories that he he mentions about my childhood that he could never possibly know it's, for instance the other week he, I was sat there with him and he said um, grandpa is talking about um, you on a bike and you went home crying because you smashed auntie Tina's front teeth out no, I laughed at that because actually what happened was we had this old bike, we got on this bike, we didn't know why the brakes worked, we hit a tree and it was my sister that went over me and hit a teeth on a tree and her front teeth were out. He'd never heard that story before. So I believe that my dad connects through me, my youngest in almost like a reincarnation way. Yeah, so I've got to believe it really because I've, I've kind of experienced it, I think. Yeah, I, I thought that would be the case, um, but I just wanted to ask get your perspective on mm-hmm. it. Um, what I find really enlightening about these, this conversation and this information is uh, people can have a lot of fear around this stuff and it's not even about being sceptic they kind of don't want to know because they don't mm-hmm. want to get bad information or yeah. you know all the films that we've watched mm-hmm. going up Poltergeist yeah, yeah. all the, you know um, all the ones about the you know Damien and the uh-huh. you know, all this sort yeah. of stuff so I think it's really uh, refreshing to hear you talk about how the information that comes through, it's very empowering, it's very mm-hmm. supportive. We've always got people around us that mm-hmm. are helping us, guiding us on our way. Mm-hmm. I, um, I journal quite a lot, and one time I journaled, and I was re- reflecting back on all the times in my life where I'd had quite close shaves mm-hmm. with stuff. Yes. We're like, almost like, I, I couldn't be like, I was playing football, I was playing football once, um, by where I grew up, and I was running to get the ball, and part of the railing, had been like pulled out and mm. the railing had gone right into the corner of my oh eye my right and it within about four millimeters of my eye yeah yeah. and i'm like literally i was like millimeters away from losing my eye and yeah. there's been other occasions like car incidents yes. other stuff where i'm like and it was interesting me just to reflect and there was literally dozens of times uh-huh. in my life where i feel like i've been saved uh-huh. or supported yeah and it, to have that mindset and that belief it means that from this day forward, you can go through with more conviction, more trust, mm-hmm. knowing that everything's going to be all right. Absolutely. And when that moment of death does come, mm-hmm. it's not the end. Yeah. It's just a doorway back to where we came from in the first place. Yeah. And I do, I do believe that everything does happen for a reason, 100%. And I can't justify that with, you know, younger passings. I have a lot of younger passings and, 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 and that kind of thing, but... There's always something that comes out of everything. Now, one particular case was, I was, uh, and this wasn't anything to do with with my readings or anything like that. I, this particular morning, I got in the car and it was uh, Thursday morning, and I drove up the road and I thought, oh gosh, I'm going to change. It's a bit hot, 
So, and I was working that day, so I was reading that day. So I thought, I'll go home very quickly and change. Now, never do I normally have enough time to think I'll go home and I'll change because it's too hot. So I went back and I changed. And as I went back on in the car, on the same long road, I could see a body in the road. So I pulled over and I, I was really strangely very, very calm. I ran over to this this lady, quite young lady, and she was fitting in the road. Now, this was only the, probably about September last year. Um, she was fitting in the road. Now, I didn't know it looked like she she, well, she was having an epileptic fit. I didn't know what, you know, it, what it was. It was just, she was just um, not in a very good situation. So, having flung my car over, with the car door open, jumped out without my phone, um, she had a dog, so I got the dog, I wrapped the, wrapped the dog around my ankle and knelt down to her. And because I couldn't put her in the recovery position, I just rested her head on, with her head sideways on my knee so that she wasn't banging her head when she was fitting. And I waited because I, there was nothing I could do I needed. To, and I could see in the distance that there was a bin wagon, so I'm waving to the bin wagon and he he ran up and I said, get, get my car out of the, get my phone out of the car, ring the ambulance now, now she's fitting. So they rung the ambulance and I, it was, I went into autopilot normally. Because of what I do, I faint. So I faint. At, if I go into hospital, and it was a standing joke when we were younger, I used to faint. But it's the energy. So it's, the, it's too much on my body, so I just faint. This particular day, in hindsight, looking back, I was so meticulous in the in the decisions that I made to do. So wrapping the dog around my ankle when this lady was fitting, and the ambulance arrived and they kind of stabilised her enough to get her into the ambulance. And the whole time, I was being told step by step what to do. So get the dog around you, you your ankle, put a head on your knee, check the dog's um, tag check the dog's tag so I'm saying I'm reciting back what I'm getting and I'm saying to to the the, this bin man check the dog's tag she'll have her address on the dog's tag she'll have a number on the dog's tag so they run the number and it was her number so I said take the address take the address make a note of it um because you can go down and tell them I said I'll take the dog in a minute so I'm, I'm meticulously making decisions that normally I would have been fainting by now and I knew that there was somebody there so I get a phone call later and she went to hospital. I managed to locate her, her husband and her husband rang me and said, the neurologist needs to speak to you to find out what actually happened on that day, da, da, da. So speaking to the neurologist and then her husband got back on the phone. I said, can I ask you, was there a lady that's not long since gone with a problem with her head? And he said, why are you saying that? Well, they didn't know me from Adam, you know, and I said, I... I in the whole time that I was working with your wife, there was a lady giving me information and she had a problem with the head, but she was adamant, I've got to let you know that she was there and she said she's just lost her mum and she had brain cancer in the January. You know, so it was her mum that was giving me the information, although in the midst of things at the time, I didn't know that that was her mum. I, on reflection, looked back and thought, gosh, that's why I made so, so many meticulous decisions. You know, that's why I didn't faint. That's why, because I was meant to be there at the time. It was supposed to be me. And 
normally in a normal situation where I wouldn't have probably have dealt with that in the way that I did because I'd have been fainted, particularly if it's anything to do with the hospital. I, I knew that I had that guidance there, you know, and so I didn't openly kind of say, I've got a mum here, I don't know what to do. I was just doing the mum, give me the information, do this, do that, wrap the dog around your leg. And, and when I think back, I think, gosh, it was such a crazy time. It was such a, a rush and, and, and everything was happening, but I was absolutely calm. There was no sort of worry about me to the point where the ambulance turned up, I knew her name, I knew her address, I knew her phone number. Um, I, I I knew that she'd not been out long, you know, I kept speaking to her and saying, you're okay, the ambulance is on the way. Um, it was just, the ambulance driver had everything that he needed to know, but that wouldn't have normally have been me, because I'd panicked, you know. So Amazing. it just shows that they will, uh, particularly with me, they will show me where I need to be. And I very much kind of think I was meant to be there on that day or or everything happens with people for a reason. And it's just for people to open their minds and say, where is that coming from? Why was I meant to do that? You know? It's often as well in life when something happens and you might not particularly want to choose that situation Mm -hmm. because it can be traumatic, difficult, loss, however it is. Mm -hmm. But there can be real growth and learning in that. Mm -hmm. And it can take you weeks, months, years maybe to look back and go, ah, that's why that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It happened to push me in that direction. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're saying, you know, you're going to, you went to chose law school, maybe spirit kind of took a bit of a back seat for a mm-hmm. bit so you could kind of do what you needed in that pot mm-hmm. for your life so you could learn and so you could have empathy and compassion mm-hmm. for people who were going through the same stuff. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, I don't want to say everything's all mapped out for us because I do believe there's free will and we've got choice. But I do think that we've, we're being guided and we've got, I remember someone saying this kind of resonated with me that imagine like as if our life was like from one end of a hallway to the next Mm -hmm. and we're going to get from A to B but it's up to us how we choose to to navigate Mm -hmm. down that hallway Um, so things will unfold in our lives that might be significant markers all along that way Mm -hmm. but it's up to us how we choose to respond to the situations and do we let it think of it as a, a moment of growth? Mm-hmm. And um, But that's also not to acknowledge, obviously you must have some very challenging clients that you'll speak with who've gone through some, mm-hmm. you know, losing a child or something. Yeah. That, is, that yeah. is so huge. Becoming mm-hmm. a frequent father myself, like just know like, something like that, they're the most precious thing in the Absolutely. world for you. So yeah. it's a huge challenge. And I'm not saying you'd look back at that and go, you'd be grateful for that. But I do know that um, it's just come to mind now. I... I went on this, um, I do a bit of teaching and I was on this event and there were, there were, all these students were beginning to, to help for the day. And the lady that came along, she had lost her child and there was about two. Mm-hmm. It had gone to a, a nursery and the child choked. From the back of that though, she set up a charity Absolutely. to inspire, to teach people how to do all the trains to be at. And she's literally would have saved thousands of yeah. children. Yeah. Of course, she'd love to have her daughter yeah. back. But to know that she's probably saved yeah. thousands and that might ripple effect mm-hmm. beyond, like you said, you know, it might have been before we started, but, you know, certain laws get passed or mm-hmm. in the honour of this. Absolutely. So you can look at that and go, okay, it was so tough, horrendous. Mm-hmm. And look what it look what it then transformed. Yeah, yeah. And I absolutely, I believe in that. You know, I have a lot of children that come through. One in particular is a very, very special girl. Um, she only passed last July uh, of lung cancer, which is very young for a four-year-old child. Um, but she's so bubbly. She gives her mum such amazing information. 
and that family now is working with other families that are in the same situation you know sort of grief counseling and, and things like that and and i'm sure that that will continue you know um murder cases you know when when i have someone that has lost the the son or daughter or whatever family member through a murder case um it, it helps them deal with it as well to you know they never i always say to people you will never um, sort of get away from grief. I, I, I'll be very honest with people. Grief is something that does stay with you for the rest of your life. And if you don't, if it doesn't catch you now, it always catches you up no matter when. So it might be six, seven years ago after the event or, or it might be initially as, as, as that event in your life happens. And I say to people, never have the assumption that it, that it gets better. It just changes you know so I'm very straight with that it just changes in the way that you kind of go do you know what today is a different day um but acknowledging that side that I know that they are still here is a small token of do you know what I know I can't see them but the closest thing that I've got is to them seeing me you know and and that's why a lot of my clients say it's like going home I love coming to Charlotte because it's like a phone call home it's it's an update. Where have they been? What have they been doing? What have what have what have that side seen that that watches you do that I can validate to you? You know, sort of murder cases in particular. There's one that um, springs to mind quite recently, and it's missing pieces that, as a family, sometimes a family are not told. So because of the protection of the case or or the trial, the family aren't told a lot of the final information. And sometimes the families come for final information, so they will, the, the, the people that have passed, will give that family the final information that they never had. Um, it might be the final moments, it might be something that then ties in. So it, it's, it's sort of a, a wide range of ways in which they can help you, but that then helps with the grief. You know, I remember one murder case in particular, um, and the, the victim kept saying, tell them to look in the bin outside. And the bins hadn't been searched. And then when she went back and she looked in the bin outside, there was um, one of what then became huge part of evidence for the murder case. And had that not have been found, it was a sheet, uh, a bed sheet had that not have been found this case would not have been nailed as well as it was you know so it, it's just they will they will see things that that we may not see and in hindsight think oh gosh I wish I'd seen that you know but they're sort of the heads up to foresee things I had a, uh, a client in particular the other day that uh, his mum said um, remember November you are never going there again ever and she showed me him um, in sort of picture form, attempting to take his own life. He'd done three letters and he'd, he'd planned the time and everything. And that day, going back to the, the kind of judgment of time and whether it be that, that things happen for a reason, that day his son was supposed to be home at five, as were everyone else after five o'clock. But that day he'd sought his, his son's work, sent him home early and he came home at two. And, and he then, and, and he would have done it, you know, he, he would have done it that afternoon, he would have taken his own life to gentleman, and his mum said, remember that, because that was never supposed to happen.
you know, and he knew it. As soon as his son walked through the door, he was he was absolutely flabbergasted and, and obviously very worked up, had planned the suicide that he had ready for himself. Everything was meticulously done. And then his son came home early. His son has never, ever done that. But he then very quickly realised I was never supposed to go, you know, and that was his mum saying, I'm going to make this happen because you're not coming on this side yet. I'm not ready for you yet, you know. Amazing. Yeah. It's lovely hearing all these stories. It just gives even more validation for me anyway. And, yeah. And I'd like to think the people that are listening, maybe you can just briefly or talk a bit about, you know, people want to be able to have a session where they understand that you are, it's probably a credit to how popular mm-hmm. and established you are. You have a long waiting list. Yes. Yeah. But you have understand, you mentioned it briefly before, you have a de- like development, development classes. Class. Maybe just get, if people are thinking, right, okay, how can I find out more about Charlotte? I have a, mm-hmm. I can have a reading offer. I can potentially do one of the development classes with mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Um, just very briefly about the development classes. I set them up because there has been um, sort of, nothing like that for me let's say so every bit of information I get is is constantly from the other side so there's never been anyone that that has kind of um, dissected this let's say and said this is how you do it this is what you do um sort of everything that I bring forward is purely from the horse's mouth let's say and so that's what I try and emphasize that to people who feel like they've got this ability you know I do believe everybody's got the ability it's just that for some people it kind of I won't say tails off, but it, it society changes the mindset. Um, I don't know why it's stronger in certain people, but obviously I know that it is. Um, but the development class, I, I really kind of get to the the point of things. I, I pick up on little things that somebody might say, and I'll say, but you would have missed that. You know, that is brilliant information. Let me show you where this comes from. So I, I kind of take it very rawly back as to how you could see people because obviously everybody's different, how you can see them, how you can hear them, how you can miss the most obvious of, of, of messages because what I've learned about this is once you acknowledge the small, you will always get the big. So even if it's something small and random like they might be showing me a cup that's got Kit Kat on it and I'll kind of go, do you understand the Kit Kat cup? And then they'll laugh and they'll say, that was my dad's favourite cup, you know. So they somebody might have just ignored that and gone, why do I keep seeing a cat with a, a Kit Kat cup? And I'll say, well, has anybody in here got any significance? And then somebody will put their hand up and say, yeah, I have, and I'll go, there you go. So let's just take it back a bit further. Let's see where that message is coming from. Let's see who showed you that cup, you know. So it's about delving into to the messages, how they come forward. And I'm, I'm very open in, in development classes. I love what I do. I live and breathe this. So I, I want to share it with people. I want to, to, to help people develop and to help people understand where I was growing up and, and for them to, to get the acknowledgement of it because it's just amazing, so why would I not, you know? So I always say to people, I then my friend says, oh, you're making her off your own back in. I say, absolutely not, because this is so amazing that if if other people could see what I see, they would have the experiences and the, the a very, very blessed life to what I have because I live and breathe it, you know? Um, sort of a reading, yeah, I, I am very much probably about... October time now 
Um, but if anybody does want to to find me, in particular, look at some testimonies. There's a lot on Facebook. I've got two pages which are both um, sort of accessible pages. One under Charlotte Davis Spirit Medium, um, and then one under Charlotte Davis in brackets Spirit Medium. Um, and the, that, there's a testimony really to what I do, which goes back years and years. There's a lot of information on there. Alternatively, if you would like to contact me directly, that's absolutely fine. Or if you wouldn't as well, that's fine too. So uh, my number, I'll give you my mobile number, which is 07927 Um, Obviously, to limit the contact, which is what you were speaking about before, it's always better for me because... I don't need to know your name and I don't need to know anything. The only thing I need to know is that I am sending you a reminder and you'll get that reminder, you know, um, and that you will definitely be there on that time. And that's all I need to know. And I, and I say that to many people so that it does limit the contact. But, you know, out of curiosity, if you want to have a look on my Facebook, it, it, there's a lot on there really for that makes good reading, which is nice, you know. So I'll be sure to share the links and, to, and if I can put the, I'll put the phone number Brilliant. in the description as yeah, well. Well, Charlotte, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you I knew, again. Thank you. I knew there was a reason why we had to um, reschedule because, uh-huh. um, and I think we've gone into a bit deeper on some stuff as uh, well, which yeah. is great. So, uh, uh-huh. thank you for speaking with me. Today. You're welcome. I hope people do find it informational and, and they do get some some bigger insight as to what this is about, so that. They can understand that it isn't about sort of you know the, the craziness of what you see on films and things it's about seeing loved ones hearing loved ones knowing that they're still there but knowing that they are following your path as you say and and they'll help you you know and it is very very simple they're the ear so we just speak and the ear you know and, and the more that you acknowledge that that information that they bring forward the more the information brings comes comes back definitely yeah oh thank yeah. you you're welcome Okay, guys, today's episode wrapped up. Fascinating conversation. I really loved um, my conversation with her. And like I said, I'd had a, a session with her in the past and I felt that she was absolutely spot on with the stuff she said. She couldn't have known those things. So I definitely believe that she's tapped into this. Um, she has a real gift and I'm just grateful that I was able to speak with her and also just share a message. It's the first time she's been on the podcast. So I feel quite privileged and hopefully, I don't think this will be the last time that you'll hear from her. Um, I think um, it's definitely the right time for us. So if you enjoyed this episode and you enjoyed Charlotte, you can check her out. You can um, have a session with her. Um, And also, if you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. Again, remember, I'm supporting Positive News Magazine. With this episode, you can receive an exclusive 20% discount off a subscription to it by using the code DOGOOD20 at checkout. You can also support me on my Patreon page for as little as the price of a cup of coffee a month, literally £2 a month. You can support this podcast and can help me to continue doing what I do, sharing these inspiring stories with incredible people. You can also leave me a review on Apple. That would be amazing. You can, and really, more importantly, or just, I want you to enjoy it. And if you do, just, you know, share it with a friend. You don't have to share it out widely just maybe you think it's somebody who might have who might be interested in some of the subjects that i'm talking about you just share it with someone um to help them in some way would be amazing anyway i'm going to leave it there for today guys it's been a really inspiring episode for me until next time have a good one mm-hmm.